What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hey guys, welcome back to the No Bad Dogs podcast with me, Tom Davis, America's canine educator, the podcast where we love, live, and of course, work with dogs. Uh, thank you guys first and foremost for listening to my podcast. I really appreciate it. Today we have an awesome uh, podcast with Lynn Bokey. Lynn is a um, dog trainer slash psychologist, behavioralist, whatever you want to call him. Um, just an extraordinary amount of, of talent and information um, from Lynn. I, I really enjoyed sitting down and talking with him. This is the longest podcast I think I've had uh, as a guest for sure, and I've taken more notes during this podcast than any other podcast I've done. Just just, just a great conversation about dogs. Um, we go everything from his beginning to working with Cesar Milan before the Dog Whisperer and, and, and working with that uh, way back in the day, as well as um, information and advice to navigate young trainers and new trainers through how to get on course and what to do. And so this is just this covers so many topics of his story as well as my story and just a really great uh, conversation with Lynn and Lynn I appreciate you coming on and we're going to do this again hopefully in person but uh, this is such a great great podcast and this podcast is brought to you by my friends over at Dogtra. Uh, Dogtra is the, the remote collars and e-collars that I trust and use for all my dogs and as well as my dog training. And you guys can find Dogtra at Dogtra.com and you can search all of their remote collar products. And you can receive 10% off for the No Bad Dog listeners. And all you have to do is use the coupon code NBD10 at checkout and receive $10 off. I'm sorry, 10% off your entire purchase on Dogtra.com. And here we go with Lynn right now. I, I teach trainers mainly now. Uh, I do in-home uh, interventions as well. I travel. I changed my business all around okay. uh, after many years of doing the dog psychology in-home and rehabilitations. Plus, I'm old, so you know the old bones need to slow <laughs> down. So, so mainly I consult. I I'll move in with with people for five days and change you- their whole. When you say move in, is that like, um, are you primarily, so you're traveling and you're, and you're, you're consulting business owners or are you consulting dog owners or both? Both, uh, anything dog related, whether it's, uh, cause I, I kind of, uh, was at the very front end of pack walking. And so, uh, I do pack walkers, uh, facilities. I like to go in and, and look for, help people see the things that they can't see, mm-hmm. uh, because they're in it. Uh, and then, of course, any dog trainer. I, I uh, believe it or not, I, I brought in. I introduced the shadow program to the dog world. I was the first um, shadow program, call it that. But so now, now I have the shadow program where I travel to you and shadow the student in their own environment around their consultations, their clients, their board and trains. So, so people could come to me. They used to come to me, and they will again. And they can see what I'm doing, but when I go there and I see what they're doing, it's a whole new angle on education. And so I do that. It's five days with Lynn, basically. So whatever you are, you don't even have to have a dog, and I'll come in and change your your world and show you what you're missing. But when I move into homes, I say that first because ideally it would be best if I moved in. Sometimes I can't. I can't, uh, I can't move in with people because yeah. there's just no way. Sometimes they can't deal with me for that much time. Sometimes I can't deal with them for that much time. Sure. But five days, imagine. Uh, my so you move right my, into uh, their rehabilit- house. 
if I can, if not, it's a hotel down the road, but you're, you're taking off work and, and we're working. So I used to do, uh, well, if I had a facility again, I'd still do it. 30 days is my rehabilitation program time, minimum 30 days, minimum 30 days. So imagine putting 30 days into five. So yeah, that's intense. You're, yeah. But that's what, that's what's needed. It's, uh, it's, it's literally my rule number nine. And everything in the world changes. You know, once that rule number nine is when something's new and different, everything becomes new and different mm -hmm. until that thing becomes normal. And so when you come in and rock the world of the dog, the family, and you shake that little snow globe up, yeah, you know, you gotta, you gotta improvise, adapt and overcome, you know, to live your new life that you want. And there's so much change that happens for the dog and so much uh, joy in the, in the owner when they can see that anything that the things that they thought were impossible are possible. Mm -hmm. And I, I've dealt with mostly the dogs that are worse, the worst. And so I wish I could get the people before they hire their first trainer, but I usually get them after they get their sixth and fifth year of having the dog issues. So uh, intervention is what that is. Uh, but it doesn't matter intervention or prevention. It's the same process. Uh, one's just easier than the other. Yeah. But yeah, so, so, so it doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I'll you're go. just, you're, you're there to, uh, reformat, um, uh, disconnect to reconnect and, and really just reset their, their life with their, their, either their dog training company or their, their dogs, but primarily dog, dog trainers, right? Uh, primary, well, right now it's starting to become kind of even cause I didn't open it up to dog owners for a while. I just, this is a newish business for me. Uh, part of the business traveling it took me a couple of years to get my first travel gig. Uh, and so I've opened it up now to owners, uh, because I think that's, they need that like in-depth mm -hmm. uh, thing. And, uh, the, the, the trainers, they need it too. They just don't want to believe it. Uh, so I'm not overwhelmed with a bunch of trainers cause they're so used to the circuit of going to workshop and I do workshops too, uh, workshops and seminars. So eventually they will catch on that they need to have someone right there. I mean, uh, it doesn't matter who you are, or what level Tyler Mudo is such a great guy, uh, an intelligent guy. If you're in the dog world, you know who Tyler Mudo is. Uh, and he hired me for five days and you know, the first day or so I'm like, well, why am I even here? You know, what the hell, you know, this is yeah. so smooth. But one of the simplest things that I helped him with was, the dog exchange from the daycare to the owner and the dogs that would get into a tussle at the gate because the, uh, the employee was in a hurry to get the dog up to the owner. So that the owner could get out all public or, uh, you know, service type stuff, you know, we got to make the customer happy. And, uh, no matter how much Tyler had worked with them at the gate, this continued to happen. And so I just watched the pattern, which is rule number eight. The pattern you set becomes the pattern. You get. How many rules do and you have? How many rules do you have? 10. Okay. And, uh, you must not be following me right now no, because I have the 10, we're gonna 10 go rule. Uh, it's okay. Oh, we're going to go over it. Yeah, we'll go over it. Okay, good. I got 10 rules. Uh, but, uh, there's always a pattern and once you discover the pattern, then you can change it right. or reinforce it or refine it. But I, I simply showed him that the, 
they're worried about you being mad at them if they don't get the dog up there in time for the owner the staff. to feel the staff yeah, yeah, yeah. so that the owner feels comfortable picking up their dog and, and uh, getting out on a timely fashion. As soon as I pointed that out, I, I said, you know, I started showing him some other things. You could just simply contact all your clients and let them know there's going to be an extra five minutes. We're just taking our time to, to ensure that your dog has, you know, uh, reinforced this, these rules that we're establishing. So please be patient with us. Immediately, he had his uh, front desk email everybody and everybody was like, oh, I love it. Yeah. And what I thought would be a couple of days before we started seeing results was almost instantaneous. Instantaneous. They had permission to do what everything uh, that uh, Tyler had taught them, you know, but so, so that's part of rule number six, by the way, which is emotional arousal and, and uh, excitement lead to disregard. So no matter how, and these were great employees, they all had a great uh, level of understanding of what Tyler, I mean, they had Tyler Muto as their boss. I mean, yeah, he's got so, a they, staff over there. They, they couldn't, the excitement uh, or the emotional arousal of disappointing him or getting in trouble led them to disregard the information that, that they had learned. And all I did was help him give them permission sure. to take their time. And that, it's just simple. Take your time. Yeah. Uh, we got off track. No, no, no. That's... I don't know if you know much about me, but I have extreme ADHD. It's all good. So you'll have to, you'll have to uh, I love keep it. me on track. No, I love it. It's, <laughs> it's all good. That's 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 what I, I think the beauty of podcasting is about. Is just, and that's why uh, when you asked originally, Len is like, what are we going to talk about? I really like to keep it open because I feel like if you have parameters and guidelines, it becomes scripted sometimes, and I don't like doing interviews on a podcast. I like having a conversation so we can go all over. It's all good. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> I, but the great thing about me, especially with work, my ADHD is so dog related. If, especially when I'm working with somebody and showing something with the dog, the dog I'm explaining, I'm going into detail and the dogs start doing something else. I stop there and I go into detail on what's happening now. And then something else happens. I go into, but I always make my way around to finish all of them. Yeah. It's, it's a little much for people at times, but, uh, I love the, uh, yeah. all over the map too. That's great. So, man. so where, where are you right now? Did you say you were in Arizona? I'm in, I'm in Arizona. Um, I don't give my, uh, exact location anymore uh i have uh some arizona stalkers so, yeah that's all, that's all good <laughs> so, so arizona's uh so it's it's probably pretty warm there right now huh oh it's beautiful and you know what uh i'm gonna tell you this uh right now i i don't come from a, a really good family type of uh life and i live in an area where it's it's all families and i'm not talking about just regular family this for whatever reason everybody's got a minimum of three kids i'm the only house that has just me living in it and i've been here for a couple of years and i've seen all of the families out over the time but with this covid thing i am yeah. overwhelmed with the family's interactions that are out there i mean it's supposed to be outside but out here it's so much more wide open I, and and it's funny because you see you see these families keeping their distance from other, other families. What it looks like to me is like a set of a movie. Like I'm going to go around the corner and I'm going to see somebody <laughs> on the PA system saying, okay, all right, family with three blonde head kids, go. You know, it, it looks so <laughs> surreal. Yeah. But for me, it's, it's wonderful at 52 to cease. I never really had access. I, I mean, I have friends with families and I, sure. I, I, I love kids, but 
I've never had that much access to actual yeah. family love. You know, I mean, I, this this last week I, I saw three different fathers, or three different situations where a father was holding the bicycle for their son or daughter, and yeah. and you could just see the kids fit. And you know they'd be at work normally. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah. what a wonderful time. I saw yeah. the silver-haired fox. You know, must have been an athlete in uh, uh, high school, college. And he was, you know, using great form with the, with the baseball to his son. And that must have been rejuvenating for him. But I could see in that kid's face, like, I'm playing catch with my dad. <laughs> and I, I just, uh, I'm at this age, I'm just overwhelmed that there's actually – actually you know family yeah. love like that out there it's it's amazing yeah I mean, it's, I, mm. i've been observing that too um with the covid I've, I've i've like wow there's actually more dogs in my neighborhood than i realize because i'm usually the right. only one out there walking my dogs and to see all the other people out there walking their dogs i think it's a it's a silver lining i think uh and i hope that i i we're cutting in and out so i hope i'm not cutting you off nope you're right. good right. you're good all right uh i'm, I'm seeing you know, all, all this happening. And I just really hope, and you know, I, I'm not religious, but I guess I would pray if I were that people can retain mm -hmm. what's happening right now. You know, I mean, I'm, I, I, I look for zero pity from people, but I'm an open book about my, my life uh, so that I, because that's the way I teach. And you, you don't really appreciate things until they're gone. Right. Yeah. And since I've, uh, you know, not had that much in my life. This is a <laughs> right now. This time, honestly, is like piece of cake for me. Yeah, oh, stay sure. home, be away from everybody. Oh, go without food for oh, uh, that's easy peasy for me. But these other people I know have not had such you know you know restrictions yeah. or uh, reduced freedoms and and things like that and i really hope i hope i hope that at the end of this people start to appreciate more of what they I have they appreciate each other more um i i, I really hope so because yeah, I, I i i lack trust in in humans but this right now i'm telling you i'm telling you first and anybody listening i already said i hadn't seen so much love in my life in in the last two weeks and i really I, I i'm trusting i hope that everybody can appreciate life after this much better because we're going to thrive after this i mean we're, we're shedding we're yeah. shedding yeah i i think so too i think that i think they're yeah i agree with that i've been thinking about that that um people are just taking a step back and even myself included i had to cancel so many trips and i'm sitting there thinking I can't believe I was going on that many trips this month. Like, am, am I crazy? And, I, and it just mm -hmm. made me derail a little bit and take a step back. And I try to practice some sort of meditation and gratuity every day for me, uh, you know, just life in general. Um, and it, it's extra now. There's a lot of extra things to be grateful for um, currently. Um, but anyway, oh my God, yeah. yeah. So much. So, so, okay. So right now you're, you're, um, COVID-19, uh, you know, once before and after this calms down, not currently, because right now nothing's really normal, but, um, <clears throat> so, you, so your, your career right now is coaching, uh, coaching people. Um, are you doing any type of private training right now with dogs? Are you just doing the in-house stays and things? Well, ADHD and my other issues, I can't do uh, a bunch of things at the same time. So 
I wanted to do this travel stuff when I was full steam with a school of dog psychology and my, my rehabilitation center, but I couldn't leave because everything was dependent on me. And so for whatever reason, I felt like I couldn't travel if I had that business. And so I moved to Arizona uh, so that no one would know me here. I didn't develop a business here at all. Uh, I did it for a couple of reasons. One, because half the year is so hot, I feel guilty if I go in and tell people what they need to do with their dogs. They can't even get the dog outside. So I won't do that. Uh, so I did, that put me in a position so that I wouldn't develop a business. Because if I developed a business here, then I wouldn't travel. So I have to suffer and sacrifice, drop everything to begin something again. So I don't do anything but this travel. And, of course, COVID really yeah. uh, got me. So all my year canceled. I am wow. dead in the water right now, dead in the water. And, 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 it's, uh, and you see a smile on my face. Uh, I, like I said, this is, gonna, this is a time where I thrive. When everybody else is having the same problems, I, I can rise to, to yeah. help. Um, and it's not going to be easy. This, uh, the aftershocks once this is over, yeah. everything is still canceled for the year. And, uh, you know, I, I, I literally just started the business and I got to a point, this was going to be my year to yeah. step into com to comfort and it all dropped off. And now I literally am, uh, like you can see this. This is one of my buckets of coins. One of my uh, tricks of the trade is to keep all change. And no matter if uh, the, I give the, uh, the cashier a dollar or two dollars and she says, do you have a penny? No, I'll take the 99 cents every time, every time. And I put it in a bucket. This saved my life more than one time. And so right now I can, uh, <laughs> I, You're good. I got coins, baby. Good. I got coins. I know how to survive. Good, man. But it's all good. We're going to come out on the top. Yeah, I think so. All of us. Yeah, I think so too, man. I think it's, like you said, you put it in a good way. I think it's it's a shedding process. I think everybody's going to come out of this and just wake up and be a lot more grateful that they can go to the park and go to the store and go to the movies. And I think, Oh, the movies? Oh, my God. I know. I mean, it's been tough. I know. <laughs> Can't do anything. Yeah, the movies is like one of those escapisms that is forever uh, going to be a thing for, I think everybody, you go into that theater and everything else just disappears. Everything I, I want before I started dogs, I wanted to be an actor and a screenwriter and I, I gave that all up for, for dogs. But so imagine I can't, uh, I can't go into a theater. Yeah. One of my biggest things, yeah. it's, uh, it's a lot of, a lot of, uh, freedoms have been, uh, reduced. That's why I hope everybody appreciates things. Yeah. And I, and I think too, I think two people are starting to, I know I am for sure. Uh, starting to just get your get to know yourself a little bit better when you when you that's when important you, yeah when you get out of sync um, you know because you ha everybody has a routine for the most part because it's what humans do and dogs do it too um, but once you get into a routine and then you completely derail it you 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 take a step back and it's a lot of reflection process and I've I've been growing myself mentally. Um, to just get to know myself a little bit more in my in my age, and because I've been, you know, just like everybody else, it's just you're so go 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 in your twenties and thirties, and when you derail and you completely shut down, you're like, who am I? <laughs> like, where am I? Where did yeah. wh what's going on? And it's it's well, been a good reflecting time for me. For me, uh, contradiction, contrast, or expectations 
I call it a displacing expectations during those times. That's, that's when you can find the truth. Yeah. When I, the second I'm in a conversation, the second I'm in a situation and something is contradictive or there's a contrast or, or something's display expectations displaced. That's the moment where you can latch on to the current truth. And, uh, right now trying to find out our current truth about ourselves is really a good, good idea. Yeah. That's, good what, idea. I've, that's what I've been doing, man. Just kind of just think, I mean, I don't have to get up and, you know, I mean, I'm doing my online and podcasts and stuff, but I don't have that, you know, boom, 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 boom. And it just makes me, it grounds me, it grounds me. And, I, and I'm taking the glass half full on that. I think a lot of people are feeling suffocated and contained, which is, is human, I think. Um, but, Especially in the more densely populated areas, yeah. you know, where it's like yeah. 60 floors of apartments, yeah. you know, I, I don't can't know. imagine. Yeah, I don't know how I would do in that environment because I'm in upstate, oh, me either. I'm in upstate New York, so I'm, there's, there's like 60 cases in our entire 200,000 community county. So there's, there's really not a lot of the, the disease, thankfully, spreading here. Uh, not that it can't, but we're not in New York City. Um, so anyway, but, um, okay. So, so that's what you're doing. Uh, things are obviously, uh, on, on pause because of COVID, unfortunately. Um, so how did you, well, did you say they're on hold? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. You're traveling. Well, stuff. The, the travel is on hold, yeah. but while I'm here, I get to do other things that I've wanted to do and yeah. I'm plotting and planning video courses in a, in a, an online, uh, subscription based, uh, library of footage that I didn't have time to do a lot of. And so now I'm organizing that. So when that's going to be done, when, when I get out, that's one of the things that I hadn't been able to do. Yeah. So there's always something you can't do. Yeah. Things are on hold on the other thing. And I love the back on that. I love traveling. I love moving yeah. in with people and learning about them and, 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 uh, helping them. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's a great, a great, uh, business concept. I've never heard of anything like that. That's, that's really interesting. Um, I'm sure that 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 gets pretty uh, sticky sometimes, and that's, it does. Yeah. And if you know if you know me, I make it sticky first. Uh, I want I need I need the whole snow globe to be upside down, not just the snow blower. I want everything upside down right when I get there, and and that's <laughs> that's what I do. Is I I I make everybody know they know before I arrive what I'm going to do and how I'm going to do it, why I'm going to do it, when I'm going to do it, what they're going to do and how they're going to feel when I do it. And then they're going to say that I didn't tell them that. And then I'm going to explain it to them again. I go because you got to have it over and over and over again. The whole point is to just disrupt everything. Yeah. yeah, It's fun. It can be fun. And there are times when I like, I don't want to leave this, this family. I don't want to leave. Sure. Yeah. You get connected. This is a, great yeah oh man so what is your what's what's been your path uh how did you how did you get involved with dogs um what what triggered what what sparked i know you said that you wanted to to get into some of your uh pre-existing passions were uh, acting and uh movie type stuff which is cool screenplay how did you make the switch to jump into because you seem you seem like uh, a very innate person with what you're doing uh it kind of came to you you didn't really go to it type thing that's that's the vibe i'm getting with you you're very innate with what you're doing you're passionate um the way that you're talking about it and everything which is great um you're not the type of person that said i want to be a dog trainer today and look up online how to do it how did you get yeah, into it that, and that's dangerous by the way we'll talk about that if you want later sure uh but how did i do it i you know innate is a good uh, uh polite word uh trauma might be a 
a better word. I, you know, I don't, like I said, I don't have that family thing. And so my first dog I got when I got out of the Marine Corps, and then I got a girlfriend, and then we got a dog together. Uh, and then, of course, uh, we broke up, and the dog went with me, uh, both of them, and then the dog died in front of me. Now, this dog meant the world. It was really going to be her dog, but she knew that that dog was mine. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I'm a dreamer, and, and one of the things that I would dream about with this dog, her name was Ginger, was cruising across the United States, you know, having Thanksgiving at Plymouth Rock and going and checking out the, uh, what's it called, with the presidents and on, on the mountain. I just wanted to cruise around with this dog everywhere. And, uh, of course, I was in L.A. at the time. I wanted to be, you know, uh, very successful. I've, my dreams were based on the success. So we were going to travel once I'm successful. Uh, but... Then one day she, she died in front of me, uh, at not even four years old. And, uh, that killed me because it was the first time I ever experienced the same amount of love returned that I put out, Yeah, you know, and, uh, and I know that's what, the, what do they call it? Anthropomorphizing. I don't give a shit. <laughs> you know, that's what it was. I, I would wake up to, uh, this, you hear that? The tail. My eyes would my eyes would slowly start opening, and 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 I'd see her face. She's laying on the on the pillow, right facing me. How long was she watching me sleep? You know, mm -hmm. uh, just time to wake up, Daddy. This was the best thing that ever happened to me, and she died right in front of me. And it changed everything. Yeah, in my life, everything. Yeah. At that moment. What I mean, a, what ended up happening happening to her? Well, uh, a couple of weeks. The only thing I can through my patterns, you know, of uh, looking at things. The only thing I could think of, this is the sweetest pie on the shelf. And one day, now I was doing a lot of partying at the time, so this is where guilt and shame starts collecting in with connected to the death. And but uh I was cruising down sunset with her one morning after, you know, a good three day, you know. Bender? Or whatever you want to call it, candy flipping, whatever, you know. Sure. Uh, and it was morning, and I was like, you know what? It's time to, it's time to get real serious here and, and start doing what we came here for. And uh, there's this hotel uh, being, it's called the W, not, not the W, the Standard. Uh, I think it was the Standard. It was being built at the time on Sunset boulevard and uh i'm just hearing birds chirp talking about my time to get serious stuff in my head with my dogs and out of the corner of my eye comes the biggest pit bull i've ever seen cruising through the parking lot and attacks ginger and now i'm a fight animal and uh i've been up for three days Is a dog off leash? so i'm like free off leash yeah yeah so it was, turns out it was the uh whoever's running the construction, the four foreman's dog. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, Ginger was never the same after that. Never the same after that. And this is before I worked with dogs. Never the same after that. Couldn't get her to, didn't want to go outside. When she did get outside, she was dragging all the, I don't want to be here. Uh, and each time that happened, I kept getting, I would, I made daily returns to that. 
uh, hotel to try and fight the, <laughs> mm-hmm. the owner. Stupid stuff. Anyway, it was only like a week, less, less than two weeks. And then she just flipped like front of her body went this way. The back of her body went that way. I'm like, what are you doing? Silly girl. And then I watched her chest go. <sighs> she had a heart attack. Um, so man, that, was, that sucks. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, that's, yeah. that's pretty traumatic. Actually. Um, I can relate to that a lot, actually. I have a very, very, very similar story in how I started working with dogs. And I, uh, my parents divorced at an early age. My mom worked full-time. I had a brother and a sister, and the only thing I had at home was dogs. Um, so I, I, I cooked and cleaned. I mean, I did it all. Uh, I, I was, I was, I was f- sufficient uh, for my family at a, you know, sixth grade, fifth, fifth sixth grade. And, uh, and anyway... Um, when I finally was old enough to move out, uh, I was, I was kind of like kicked in and out of my house. Um, I have a good relationship with both my parents now, but you know, back then things were different. Uh, humans change and evolve and mature, but, um, I was kicked in and out of my house from the time I was 16 till I was 18 and I got a dog, uh, the moment I got my own apartment <clears throat> and I got a St. Bernard and his name was Saint and I purchased him. I saved all my money for like a year. I was cooking. I was I was a fry guy. I was just frying, you know, French fries, mott sticks, shit like that. And I saved all my money. I spent fifteen hundred dollars on this purebred Saint Bernard. I I will never forget the moment I decided to get a Saint Bernard. I saw this person driving. I remember where I was, who I was with, everything. I remember exactly where I was. I saw this big old head sticking outside of a of a car, and I was like, holy crap, that's the most magnificent animal I've ever seen. So anyway, so after that, I saved my money, moved out of my house. Um, but before I moved, well, actually, let me, let me rewind. Before I moved out, I got the dog and then I was kicked out. So I yeah, moved into, you can't, right. It's my like mom, two of you live in there. Now. My mom <laughs> said, my mom said, I'm not going to have a dog that has to back out of a, a room to get out. I said, okay, fair <laughs> enough. So I finally got this dog, you know, me and my relationship with my, with my mom at the time was not that great you know, fighting back and forth, trying to take care of my sister, so on and so forth, uh, my younger sister. And I finally got the dog. I moved out, and I worked all the time to support the that apartment that I'm in, and as well as feeding the puppies. Because he Bernard. ate more than you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so he turned um, about six months, and he was my he was my everything. I mean, he was he was my whole world, uh, literally. I mean, when you're what, what was I eighteen? Uh, when you're when you're eighteen years old and you move out and you get your dog and it's just you and him and all I did was work and come home and hang out with him and I've always had pictures and I've always been a dog person. Always, always, always. I, we have pictures of me before I could walk playing with dogs and stuff and so it's always been a part of my life, especially when I was left at home um, when when my parents split. And so I remember bringing him to my friend's house to show my friend's kids, uh, my friend's kids' siblings, so his younger siblings. I said, hey, you guys got to come see my dog. And I remember I pulled in, and his name was Saint, and he came up next to me on my thing. And, I, and, he, could, and I, he was too big. He, he was, he was six-month-old-ish, six St. Bernard, so he was still big but not a full saint. So he couldn't sit up front, so I pushed him in the back. And I remember him trying to get up. Like it was yesterday, much like you can probably remember your incident. Oh, and I pushed him b- slow motion. Yeah, man. And, <laughs> and I pushed him back, right? And I remember just pushing him back. I'm like, get out of here. And then I went inside and I said, hey, come, come see my new puppy. They're like, oh, okay, cool. And I come out and I open the door and he's, he's on his back with his tongue hanging out of his mouth. Oh, and his, no. his gums were flipped up and they were purple. Mm. And I'm like, and I immediately panicked. I'm like, holy shit. 
I'm like, I'm like, oh my God. And I, you know, just like anybody else, just pant, just pure. I mean, this was my everything. I mean, it was literally my everything. whole life. It changed my whole life when I got the dog. And then when this happened, I, I picked him up and I, and I put him on the ground and my friend's dad came, came out and he's like, what, what is he doing? I was like, he's, he's dead. And everyone's looking at me like, what? And the kid starts crying because they can see he's, he's ble- he's not bleeding, but he's blue. He's all blue. He's not breathing. I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? And long story short, man, it was, oh, I mean, it was, it was tough. It was really tough. So I grabbed him. I threw him in the, the Jeep that I was in and my buddy sh- uh, got shotgun and I went about a hundred to the emergency vet and brought him in and dude, it was, so anyway, so when you said that story, that's, that's pretty much ex- exactly how I got into dogs too, is that, that moment forever changed me. And I made the decision after that because I felt guilty. I felt ashamed. I felt like it was my fault. Um, oh, yeah. You know, the whole nine. And from that moment on, when I was 19, 20 years old, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to devote my, I don't know what it's going to be, but I'm going to devote my everything I can to dogs. And then after that, I started at 20, I started my dog walking business. And so anyway, I can relate to, to that um, traumatic um, thing, man. It was, dude, oh, it was... Yeah. It, but same thing. It just flipped the script, and you know everything. Yeah, and to some point, you know, going back, to the light at the end of the tunnel, and I think the silver lining with this, and I don't know about you, but for me, it was I was like, you know, how? Why did this happen? How could this happen? This was my everything. This was my, this was everything in my life. I don't understand how it was taken from me. I don't, you know, it's whatever. And then slowly but surely, over the years, I realized once I started getting into like this this very serendipitous um, career of working with animals and getting goosebumps and getting excited and chills and just, just really helping people. I was like, you know what? Maybe that happened to move me into this direction. I don't, I don't know. But anyway, so very relatable to that. Well, if, that's, if somebody's got some sort of plan to move me into this direction, well, fuck you because that <laughs> sucked. Sucked. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> I moved in. It's complete. You know, we just talked about everything going on with COVID and, and appreciating things until they're gone. And, you know, I was out. I was, I was out all the time. I was going to make my way into the movie business through the party scene. And I wasn't doing too bad. I was doing pretty good at the time. And uh, that was my fault. She died. I, I said, that's my sure. fault. That's and oh that was the first massive depression level i hit i moved i was a party guy i had roommates i literally moved on mm-hmm. one day uh three blocks away i mean i moved my fridge down pushed it down the street moved into a place that basically just blotted out the the world and i stopped answering my phone every i became a different person at that point and one of the things that I, I want to help people through is is grief, because you know if if you're not uh, understanding how it works and and all the things that go along with that process, mm-hmm. you could. And if you're alone, uh, you go down really deep, yeah. really deep. And uh, it's important to understand the the processes of of things so that you don't, um, anyway. Yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah that's important. Let's get off of this sad <laughs> shit. So, so you, so after that, so you're in LA, uh, you know, your dog passed. Uh, so then- after that, I, after she died and I was in my guilt ridden thing, I mean, I, 
I had a, a job that I, th I, things were happening to me that were strange. You know, I was working for P.F. Chang's China Bistro. I worked for them for almost a decade, opened up, but I basically doing the same thing I'm doing with dogs, but with, with P.F. Chang's just yeah. cruising around, opening restaurants and teaching. And, uh, I never had to write anything down and I, I really loved the stress of, of the busy nights and you'd see me moving in slow motion while everybody else was, bah. and I, I, I would have a table tell me, where's our food? And I'm like, oh, let me go check on that. And I didn't even ring it in. You know, I had to start writing things. Things were changing. So I actually got fired from P.F. Chang's China Bistro, who I put a lot of effort into and helped him. But I, I was going through some high. I was going through some hard stuff. So I, I started uh, walking dogs for people who I felt were like me, who didn't have time to do anything with their dogs and, what, and uh what age what age were you around when you when you started that dog walking uh let's see so i guess maybe just so i can have a it was 1997 whatever that is <laughs> okay 1997 that. i'm 52 now I, i'm <laughs> numbers I'm, I'm just trying to get out of the marine corps and then move up to la i guess i was 20 29 maybe 28 29 somewhere around there sure uh, and I didn't know, I didn't even know that there was a business that you could do that. And, uh, I wasn't treating it like a business. Of course, I was just doing it for next to nothing, but I, my day got pretty full. And yeah. so then I had to actually start charging and I was doing individual dog walks and I was like, this is, I, I reached a max, max. Uh, I'm like, I need to do something else. So I said, I'm going to take a bunch of them to the dog park. Well, like I told you earlier, I can't do one business and do all the other one. None of those people wanted their dogs to go to the dog park. So I had to start a whole new business. And so I ended up uh, building a business where I'd take 15, 10, 15 dogs to the dog park. I called it dog parking. And it turned out other people were doing that too. And this is Brentwood, California. I would go into, into there. And uh, I would do two and three groups a day. I got so full. And I'm never satisfied with where I am, I guess. So the next thing was, I, I want to do this outside of the park. So, uh, so basically it was like a pack walking, but I wasn't doing it very well. And then I got into dog psychology. And so then I started doing it really well. And, uh, uh, I, I knew I had something, uh, that I, I could do that was beneficial because while I was dog parking, the way I got most of my business was, Hey man, I got this dog this doesn't really fit with my other group. It's such a pain in the ass. I'll take it. I, hey, sure. I heard you took uh, Steve's, uh, that, yeah. that Rottweiler. I'll take it. You don't know you want to know about it? Nah, I'll take it. I took everybody's <laughs> yeah. misfit, and we had the most uh, balanced group in there. And it turned out that whenever there would be fights, uh, I was the one that broke them all up. And, and after a while, dog people were following me in my pack, and then dog walkers were having their pack and following me because they knew it would be safe really weird uh but then I, I moved on to dog psychology and started doing the uh, the um consultations rehabilitation my pack okay so you're so in the, brentwood and you're dog walking several packs and other people are taking notice to the the uh, misfits of the packs that you're taking oh in. yeah cool and so i started taking them out on trails and this is where Things got uh, interesting because, you know, uh, 
we had to, I had troublemakers. They, now that we're talking about maybe high school troublemakers, not uh, hood troublemakers. I found out, uh, we can talk about it later. I found out there's a completely different uh, type of aggression. Dog park aggression is not aggression, let me tell you. Because uh, when I started working with that, holy shit. But uh, it doesn't matter if you've got 15 high school dog park type aggressions at once, that it can still be a brawl. Um, so but you, I, I found you, out quickly. Sorry, go ahead. what do you mean by that? Like you mean the, the dogs aren't really that serious about fighting, but they are malicious? They argue. Yeah, okay. okay. They argue. And now there can be blood drawn and everything. And, and every now and then at a dog park, somebody brings in a dog that actually serious about it because yeah it becomes aggressive so it's for me i have a whole thing play is is really just a a ritualized sparring and sparring is a ritualized fighting and fighting is ritualized uh you know structure and killing and killing is necessary for uh, protecting the pack and and feeding eating and so where does the play if you get two, I never let more than two dogs play at the same time uh, because it always ends up being an issue. But if you've got just the two playing and one is being playful and the other one's being competitive, that could be a problem. If one is competitive and the other one doesn't want to play at all, he could become combative and that competitive comes straight up to combative immediately. And so you know, I always see people's dogs playing and I'm like, that dog is not having fun. Yeah. Well, he's playing. No, he's running away and yeah. running back. Yes. But he's trying to get them to go away. You know, that's not the same thing. Two different levels of play. Mm-hmm. So anyway, same thing with two levels of fighting, you know, yeah. uh, or commitment and experience. And of course, uh, genetics or drive and, and 100%. things like that come into play. Uh, but, uh, when I would, when I did get into the full-on rehabilitation, where I actually had the aggressive, the serial cat killers and the uh, professional flesh removers, and I had them all off-leash walking on trail, that sure. that was uh, impressive. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. But it was uh, more. It was very. It's a razor's wire when you got a dog come running at your pack from who wants to play, but you've yeah. got a an army you know, 300, you know, the, yep. Yep. the Spartans, yeah. you know, yeah. you got to be yeah. real careful. <laughs> yeah. If your dogs aren't listening to you, they're going to listen to the one who can't handle the temptation and goes. Yeah. So it can be dangerous. Yeah. So I got off track. I apologize. No, that's okay, man. Don't apologize. It's all good. I, I love, I love hearing these different nuances and, and avenues of, of different things. It's, it's really refreshing to me. It's, it's great. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so we were just talking about, uh, the packs and then, uh, so where did, where was the next step for you, uh, with the, the dog next, walking business from the packs to the next step? Well, and there was a period of time I tried to do some, uh, obedience training and, uh, that's didn't work out for me because it wasn't, uh, you know, you, you, I'll be over 12 weeks in a row and I'll spend an hour with you, hour and a half, and show you what to do. Now, next week I come back, show me what you did last week. They had a little trouble. You help them up at the end. You give them the second week's work. Come back third week. Show me what you did last week. Well, we didn't really have time. And so, and I didn't remember what you said. And so, how can you continue to teach if they haven't done the first two levels? 
And so it was happening again and again. And so I said, screw this. And so I started what I guess would be like the first, uh, I was doing an, an, uh, an outpatient board and train basically. Mm -hmm. I'll come over Monday through Friday. I'll go work the dog on Friday. You'll come out with me and then I'll show you what I did and you'll do it over the weekend. And then I'll do that, uh, for a little bit. And that, that made it better for me because I was doing the work they weren't. And that was the, um, that was just doing obedience, right? was, yes, but it still didn't have the, uh, effect that I, I thought about, you know, this was before, I mean, I guess, uh, online was kind of just starting, you know, uh, but I didn't, I'm not technically inclined. So I tried to Google, you know, behavior and, and all of that. And all it took me to was obedience. And I'm like, that's not working right now. That's not stopping this behavior, 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 obedience, because that's what they call uh, a sit is a behavior or yep. they, what you got going on over there? <laughs> moving. I just moved my station. <laughs> they, uh, they call a dolphin doing a flip, uh, behavior, right. um, so it, it didn't really work out. It didn't pan out for me. So I started the dog psychology thing. And when you were talking about uh, intuitive and whatever, that's where things uh, for me started to happen quickly because uh, I was basically feral as a child. And you know, my only affection as a kid came from cats. And uh, my dad killed them as fast as I could bring them in. And I'd have 20 of them Shit. at a time. And... Uh, neighborhood dogs uh you know i i developed this is another shocker maybe not believe it but i introduced pressure and release to the dog world in like 2005 i think um but i was doing it with my clients and i i started learning that when i was a kid and i didn't even know it because you'd see these dogs wrapped around their pole or their tree yeah. after school yeah. and they're like two inches from the tree trying to get away. They don't understand opposition or reflex. I didn't understand. Every day I kept coming. I'm like, why? Are you stupid? Just do it. Go back around. And so I, I, and, you know, I have martial arts and uh, wrestling. And so I, I was developing this uh, pressure and release. Now it got kind of out of hand and got, uh, and it's, I, I say that shadow program and that introducing the, pressure and release, not with pride, uh, more shame and regret and guilt because I, again, I, everything that I'm upset about with the new trainers, I did, I, too fast, too, hey, kitty, kitty, My too cat. soon, too fast. So What's what his you, name? Uh, his name is Pip. He's a- Pip! Uh, yeah, I actually uh, adopted him at one of my, uh, one of my- dog walking clients uh the dog i was watching similar like very interesting how how the similar um kind of getting into the industry i i, I did all the dog walking to the dogs that didn't go to daycare because they were aggressive or whatever or just didn't fit in daycare and anyway so the house that i got my cat pip that you just saw on the screen for, for those of you who listen my cat always tries to jump in my face when i'm talking of course uh, and and uh actually so uh, i was watching this dog and i remember one night it was a, it was a, uh, it was a English, uh, English setter. Uh, setter, yes, thank you. And the the setter was out. How did I know English setter? Wow, that's weird. Yeah, it was a setter. Did yeah, I... and he he just had extreme prey drive. I mean, a bird dog. I mean, just very 
prey driven and uh, just hated other animals other than the, his own pack. And I remember one night he was just standing there just like almost on point, but sitting like, hey, I did something. And I went out and he killed a cat and uh, he was all tigered, like tiger cat. And I was so pissed because I never mm. I, I'm the type of person that like the other day I was leaf blowing and I, I sucked a worm out of its hole and I took it and I rehomed <laughs> it over. I'm that person. Like I, I, I just <laughs> yeah. I just love yeah. animals. You live better over here. <laughs> yeah, I just I can't like even last night. My, or you're out walking the the dog and you see it on a it's early morning the sun's coming out and you see those those brave worms that yes. try to make it across the sidewalk but I'm then things guy. started to dry out, you know. Yeah, so you I'm put that them guy. The moisture. I'm that guy. Even <laughs> last night my girlfriend saw like one of those little centipedes uh, in our room and you know, cuz it's starting to get warm here so things are starting to move and she's freaking out and she's like ah you know so I just picked it up with a paper towel and brought it out all the way outside and you know anyway I'm that guy so anyway um killed the cat and then the next day I'm walking around the corner she's uh she was an exec for G so she was in like China or something and I'm in her house watching her dogs and I walk around the corner and I see this little tiny fluff on the front porch and so it it, sure enough you know it's probably his dad that he killed and so I took him in and that's him (laughs) <laughs> oh lucky cat yeah so now he's a dog he thinks he's a dog because he lives i mean he ro- rules the whole roost all of it i mean with with all the three dogs for sure hey hey you guys see of course now cleo wants to go be social with everybody hey you see that i'm online here right <laughs> thank you so okay so let's let's rescale a little bit um so okay so you're, you're doing the dog and the pack walks um, and then what was your, what was your next step? Did you, did you just start getting straight into, to training or were you, was it a hybrid? Uh, well, I, uh, I started doing the consultations, um, and, uh, working with homes. I, I don't want to get into a whole big thing here, but, uh, uh, my mentor was Caesar Milan. And so I met him before he had his shows and I was working with, uh, you know, first of all, he didn't want to teach me. <laughs> I had to stalk him. Nobody stalked me. I literally had to stalk. Uh, there were times he's like, what are you doing here? Go away. What are you doing here? Come on in. Uh, didn't know what to do. But I, timing-wise, I was there when it sh- uh, before the show and then while the show was starting, and then they told him he couldn't do consultations uh, and rehabilitations unless it was for the show. And uh, literally just happened to be there when, when they told him that. He says, started referring to Lynn. Um, and he had a year waiting list. So I was doing four consultations a day. That was where my real college began. Wow. That's, where, yeah. that's where I learned immediately that there's a difference between dog park aggression and, and aggression. And uh, with my very first uh, dog from there. But um, that... So everything that went into the uh, Dog Psychology Center for the first three years of the show came to me, and uh, that was a, a blessing that that happened because uh, I had to learn right now. I had to learn more than than I had been watching uh, from Caesar. I had to get in there, and, and so I got bit a lot, uh, but some of that was probably on purpose because um, I, I I didn't care about myself very much back then, uh, so. Uh, punishment was necessary and there, there's a great deal of, of uh, punishment after the bite that, you know, you got to clean it, you got to stretch it and you got to yeah. heal and uh, it was a whole thing. But now I have such a, I don't know if you've seen any of my videos, but, uh, um, 
there's there's just no fear about what's going to happen now i because i know what can happen what what could happen uh what i can do what it can do knowing what the dog can't do yeah. is probably the most important aspect uh because they don't know and when they don't know that's your, to your advantage anyway yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. so oh, i like it uh so then i started having people driving from all over uh, the United States to me. Uh, some people brought their dog from New Jersey, down from uh, Oregon, Washington, from Texas, uh, Minnesota, or Michigan, all over, just would come over for like just a two-hour consultation. I'm like, wow. That's you know, great. Obviously, it's before all of this technology stuff. So, yeah. uh, so my pack got to really do some great work, and uh, I had I, – Big learning experiences for me there, having the first facility, losing the first facility, having the second facility, losing the second facility. <laughs> yeah, a business is not my uh, forte. <laughs> yeah, and it's usually, and and you know that's that's the case for I think for for many people who are excellent. I think it's I think it's a I think it's a contrast thing. I think uh, you know it, if you're really really good with animals, the likelihood of you wanting and digesting technology advancements is less likely because oh, all of your eggs are. It's hard. You know, it's the same thing with artists. I tell people all the time that you know if if you have a really really good musician, they may if they're really good at something, they're probably going to lack. It's contrast. I I think. Absolutely, yeah. but if you're great at something, you can be great. At something else. Yeah, I think so. Because yeah. you've already mastered one thing. It's all, it's all about desire at that point. And I never had a desire for business that goes along with the self-punishment stuff too. So, uh, but, and that's a deeper subject. The, uh, the business end of it, yeah. I, I just, uh, there, anyway, there are people out there that are amazing at business, but they're not any good with dogs, yeah. but they are successful and there are people who are amazing with dogs and not successful yeah. because they don't do the uh, – it, it's trying to find that, that yeah. balance in between. And so I've taken the last couple of years to learn technology. My first – my motto is learn, practice, master, begin again. I don't know if you know that. And so my first uh, venture into technology was my, my podcast – just so I could learn how to get comfortable. And if you if you listen to that, you hear all this this learning curve, this whole yeah. thing. By the end of that, I just bookended. I only did 14 episodes with that. And I learned it, practiced it, mastered it, then moved on to doing a, a podcast with somebody else. Uh, unfortunately, that didn't work out uh, because of the distance and everything. But I, I, I loved that. Unfortunately, that podcast... Uh, the canine exchange didn't uh, continue. I loved it though, because it was more geared towards dog did owners. You, did you have a co-host, or did somebody help you produce? Yeah, it? okay. Uh, I had a co-host, and he did all of the uh, technology stuff uh, at that point. Uh, so while that was happening, I didn't have to focus on the technology for the podcast. I was focusing then, I begin again, on how to edit videos. Because if you look, I only have like nine videos up uh, where I'm working with dogs. And uh, so I had to learn the editing because I don't want to just do what a lot of people are doing. There's too much out there, if you understand what I mean. Like, I do. If, if we just put all that's out there but then took half of what they're putting out there and threw it away, it'd be better. It's just too much uh, and it's out of order. It's out of, uh, 
you know, yep. I want to put something, I want it to be so organized. Uh, that's why I'm, I'm eventually going to be looking for some sort of a, uh, angel investor, somebody who knows how to do all this stuff because I want to organize the stuff like yours, like your stuff is great. Cause you're doing the consultations. You're just doing basically what I, I did as a shadow program. You're just following, watching, watching, watching. But if I'm going to go and learn something specific, I got to dig through, you know, and find it. And yours is better, way better than the ones that are damaging that have a lot of followers because you got to listen to them talk about themselves for an hour and a half and then they get five minutes of this and that wasn't even what I wanted. Thank you. So I want to, I want to put something in order. And, uh, by the way, I like the way you do yours, uh, a lot Thank because you. you, you're not, you're not hiding, but you also have the ability to do the thing. It's the people who don't have the ability that are either hiding and cutting and removing, or they don't have the ability and they don't know they don't have the ability and they're just putting it out there. And when you got 60,000 people looking at something that I believe is very dangerous to show somebody and maybe not even appropriate for that dog, you get 60,000 people looking at that and taking their interpretation of that and doing their version of that. That's a lot of dogs. Yeah. That's a lot of, that's a lot of, uh, aftershocks. Yeah, scary. So I, I've, I'm real careful about what I put out and, um, I've actually decided that I'll, I'll still put stuff up that I'm having fun with, but I'm because I, the technology, the social media, everybody goes, you got to put stuff out to get people. I, I don't, I'm not getting the people with my stuff. So I'm going to build my stuff. That's going to be for sale Yeah, yeah. instead of, Instead of giving away everything for free in hopes that I can sell something, either I'm not getting it that way, so yeah. I'm just going to build my stuff. I'm, yeah. And I'm very patient in this regard now, you know. That's good. I've already been out for a while. And yeah. Anyway, I don't That's know good. if I'm answering your question No, or not. no, there's no question. I, I love it, man. I, oh, and I appreciate okay. you saying that uh, a lot. Thank you very much. Um, so, the so the next thing is, is um, okay, so you, you – so you, so you uh, followed Caesar around and, and, and watched what he was doing and he kind of shooed you off and then right place, right time, he gave you all of his uh, re references when he started Dog Whisperer, right? Yeah, well, yeah. well, after the, I think it was after the first season because he was still doing work on the side. Uh, after the first season, they said no more and I happened to be there that day. And, um, you know, at first you're, you're like, he says, uh, start referring to Lynn. I'm like, oh, he, this is cool. But after a while you realize, I realized what it was, was like, you know, I don't like these pants anymore. Do you want them? Because I'm, I'm going to get rid of them. If you want them, you can have them. I'll take them. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was an experience for me cause I was doing four a day, uh, seven days a week and I never had anybody cancel and I was booked out four to six months. Damn. And this is before, you know, all now, Everybody's a dog whisperer. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah. But that's when I, I then started my first, I started the first shadow program, uh, at that point. And I called it shadow program for a reason. You know, I was in, a, in an elite unit in the Marine Corps and I really wanted to create an elite unit of people like me and, you know, even Caesar so that, and have them spread out around the world so that they'd start impacting dogs. Ah, uh, yeah. And that was the goal and, and everything. And unfortunately, uh, I didn't, uh, I didn't realize that some people had different motives and, and 
they'd come through my course and then they'd go and start their own course and had oh, yeah. oh yeah you know learned how to yep. do the stuff yet and yep. uh that's that's dangerous yep and it's it's caused a we're, that there's the bubbles about to burst on that and and I think maybe right now this covid might help it yeah you know yeah uh, yeah it's happened it's happened to me a lot um you know and I, and I think uh you know I would I would think, you know, you're, you're probably similar in the, in the aspect of, you know, when I get people that want to come in and learn, see, and that's, that's a good thing about, you know, for me, I forget to charge people, you know, for, for all sorts of different stuff. I'm like, oh yeah, by the way, and and luckily, you know, my girlfriend came, became my manager of the entire business uh, and and my personal manager. And so anyway, so, you know, she always tells me, you know, you got to be really careful because I've been burned so many times because I just want to help. They're, they're, you know, people are like, hey, I'm running this big operation and, and I'd like to come and work. And you're like, yeah, man, absolutely, sure. Or yeah, girl or whatever. And you get burned pretty quick because they suck out everything oh, they want. and Everything. And then they leave you. And, and um, claim it as their own too. Yeah, rebrand it. And, and, and it sucks because, you know, I'm, you know, similar to yourself, you're, you got into the industry to help dogs ultimately. You didn't get in the industry to, to build, uh, you know, this big franchise thing. You really just wanted to help and it's hard when you get burned because you're, you're like you said, like very, uh, maybe transparent about everything. Like, Hey, this is everything you do and you want to help. And yeah, so that's, that's a big thing in the dog training industry for sure. Um, there's a lot of plagiarism going on in there nobody can do anything about it online. Even if it's not with dogs, you see people, uh, put a quote up and then you see the quote somewhere else done a different way. It's just like, there's no, sure. It's hard. uh, We'll get so far off there. Here's my biggest problem, and I love the fact that we as an industry can have the freedom to not have to go through a course and register and sign and by law and all that. We have the freedom to do that, but that's also where it gets really dangerous. Yeah. Uh, the, the freedom, anybody, anybody can do it. Uh, I love my dog. I'm going to work with dogs, you know. I mean, that's how I did it. I started, yep. for crying out loud. But it, it, it's just, I don't know where I was going. I don't want to be negative. It, I, I'm, I've learned to accept, and acceptance is a really critical thing uh, that anybody, the earlier you can learn acceptance, the better. Uh, because w- without acceptance, you're just suffering. So yeah. an early acceptance leads to an early end of suffering. So I just yeah. have learned to accept that People are going to do what they're going to do. I just have to be more careful. And I was. I was free with a lot of my, my stuff. Yeah. And I, I gave away a lot of stuff um, to rescues. To, and I, they just take advantage. And a lot of it's because uh, they're, they're suffering too. They're desperate. And so they take, yeah. take, take. Um, so I learned who and what to work with and what not to work with. And um yeah. Mistakes. That's, that's, that's what I teach anyway is everything I teach is based off of my mistakes. Yeah. That's what life's about. I think is, is, you know, reformatting. Okay. That sucked. How can I learn from this? So, so don't, so I don't do it again or hopefully not do it again. And maybe even teach somebody else not to do it again. Well, mistakes are very, very critical. I don't like the word failure because it's kind of final. Right. But, uh, errors, mistakes, setbacks, you know why you, you, uh, are able to have sushi right? While you're able to have a uh, right. rare steak yeah. and cook chicken properly and cook catfish because somebody said, I, I'm going to try this catfish the way I ate that salmon. Oh my God, I got worms. 
uh, this pork and this chicken that's got to be cooked through somebody and our ancestors, mm -hmm. they did all the hard stuff for us. And so yeah. we, we should be thanking them a great deal. And I think that, uh, I think that there's also advantages to people's mistakes too, not only learning what not to do, but what to do. Uh, absolutely. I'm from like Saratoga Springs area in upstate New York and, uh, they're famous for creating the first potato chip and long story short, this guy came in, I forget what, what year it was, but he said he wanted his, his potato extra crispy and it came out not as crispy and he sent it back and the chef was so pissed off. He just cut it into little tiny pieces and fried it and gave it to him at a crisp and he loved him. And now we have potato chips. And you see that disregard, that disrespect <laughs> to the chef turned out to be <laughs> right. yeah. something Exactly. It's wild how things happen. Yeah, so sometimes it so, works to your, to your advantage where, where good things come out Well, of if that. you're looking for it to work to your advantage, I, I do things uh, people tell me I shouldn't do. First of all, you tell me I can't do something, I'm going to do it. Yeah, I'm the same People way. tell me that, <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll find a way. But people tell me uh, that's not going to work. I, it's not a resistance that uh, I'm going to make it work. It's, it's a, on the spectrum. <laughs> I can't stop. Uh, even though I may know for a fact that this isn't going to work, <laughs> especially when somebody I respect told me it wasn't going to work, but I got to follow it all the way through. And, and there's just so much information in there. Even when you know it's not going to work, what in here do I need to take out of here? What's, what's valuable in this yeah. tunnel of, of, you know, yeah. crash where I'm going to crash. Where, where's the value that I can use in other areas? And that's yeah, mistakes. You know. Yeah, mistakes or errors are, are always a I think an evolving uh, part of building as a person, as as an individual, as a business, as a brand, as you know whatever you're doing. And uh, all right, let's get back to the story of uh, so after so 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 that led you up to where you're at now, right? You you just dove right into dogs, um, and now you're fast forwarded x amount of years, and here you are, right? Uh, yep. A couple facilities. And then, uh, in Arizona? I, uh I, no, in LA, I, I okay. left a pretty heavy footprint in LA, but, uh, I, I had some, uh, bad news along with the, the, uh, not being able to accept the, the stealing and the plagiarism. Uh, I learned that I was going to lose the use of my right arm. I have a, a accessory, uh, spinal accessory nerve palsy from an operation. They nicked a nerve and, uh, Jeez. And over the over the years, I was my dexterity, my timing. I couldn't keep a grip. My specialty was, you know, the worst of the worst dogs. And I was finding I couldn't keep do my work because I didn't know. And then the way I was told about it uh, wasn't, you know, gentle. And uh, I couldn't accept it. Uh, I guess I thought I was immortal or, you know, superhuman, and and that it was a now you're telling me that I can't do what I, I'm great at. And it didn't hit, it didn't uh, sit well with my identity. And, uh, and so I crashed and I had already been working seven days a week, 15 hours. I lived in a uh, kennel for 10 years with no kitchen, just me and the dogs. I wanted to catch up to Caesar, you know, mm -hmm. I, I wanted to, and then I found out I, I don't want to go that far. I want to be human. <laughs> yeah. Not that he's bad. It's just like, I, I, I love dogs a different way and I don't want to lose that. But I, I went far enough down that, that now I can flip the switch. But when, when, uh, when that was happening to me, I just started, uh, letting everything go. 
and I just pushed delete on everything in the computer and the and the uh, answering machine. I pushed delete, and I had you know a, a twenty year uh, you know really well known business, and I was teaching people around the world dogs. I I just started pushing delete until nobody called anymore, and that's why I moved to Arizona. Uh, when was because when was that? How many years ago? I moved was that? out here. I guess in 2016. Okay. I think 2016. I moved here uh, because when I pushed delete on everything, I was living off my savings for for some time. Yeah. And I uh, was running out. Of, it's not cheap to live in California. No. So moving here is half the cost. So I thought, oh, I'll just move out here. Then I started to come out of the hole a little bit, you know. And did a, a seminar tour, but it was a very angry uh, tour. But it was meant to be. I was utilizing my anger and frustration, and put it into a, a scripted—not a script, but a, a a format to rage on on to people and show them that you have to do this. Yeah. You know, it's your responsibility. You have to do it. And then after that, then I got to a point. Now I I. Uh, I started to travel, and now I'm I'm very happy. Uh, I have setbacks like every, anybody else that has these issues, uh, but uh, I've learned how to get out of them. Qu- I've learned to recognize them on their way. I've learned to. Uh, I've got multiple plans in place. Pips, see what I did there with your cat, Pip. <laughs> I was gonna say what, what plan. Do you do? I got multiple plans in place for every uh, level of uh, drop. In the uh, when I start to drop, I know the signs, and so I can give myself something to do to get out quicker. And so it's a, that's one of the things the ten rules is going to be helpful for people. And so now that uh, the COVID hit, I, I was oh I was going to be uh, internationally known. My first overseas uh, workshop uh, ha- was going to happen in Monaco, where James Bond you know gambles you know, <laughs> and uh, and so that got canceled and but it we're going to try and reschedule it of course so I can still be international um and now it gives us have the free time to start doing this framing up the things for the online courses that I want to do and are these going to uh, be I I even want to I huh, I'm sorry no go ahead I, I even want to uh, you know I'm sure people will will see this and run with it as well it's okay I'm sure maybe people are doing it but I'd like to get like 10 people I don't know if we can even have them all at the same time, but I like to to digitally mentor ten people at a time and take them through like a six to eight week course or three months by giving them homework, giving them a task, all the stuff that I believe that dog trainers are missing today uh, that they need, the stuff that you and I developed naturally through yeah. our mistakes, timing. Uh, range control, distance, uh, you know, intensity levels, angle. Dude, I just saw that and it freaked me out. There's a thing that fell behind you. Oh, that <laughs> fell behind. I thought that was in your. No, 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 no. I saw it happening. I was like, oh, uh, shit. Leo is like saying, you are not paying attention to me. <laughs> what is up with you? This old lady is hardly ever moving around. <laughs> I'll, I'll get that later, unless you liked looking at it. No, I just was watching you talk, and all of a sudden I see this thing behind you go, woo. 
<laughs> I thought it was on your end because nah. I got the headphones on. Uh, but there's like that's uh, an awareness. Awareness is critical. It's not something you can buy and put on a shirt. Awareness is developed, yeah. and awareness is so necessary. I want to. I want to. The dexterity that. The uh, the things that are put into people's reflexes now with the way pressure and release, how I've got it in quotes, is is uh, out there. That's in people's DNA, and I, it's going to be difficult to change that uh, in people. So I, I wouldn't mind doing something like this where I'm, I give them homework, video homework. They send it to me. I sh- I show it over the course. If I could do 10 people at a time, I don't know if that's possible. I would love to be able to do that. If I have to do them 10 individually, that's cool too. But I think, I, I, I think you can ahead. through like uh, through Zoom or something. You can have multiple people on the screen at once and kind of just talk like a classroom. I, I know they do something like that in colleges. You yeah. know, they have to have to do something. Yeah. I've, I've been saying for years, even before uh, YouTube, you know, we've got these – football, baseball, triathletes, and boxing, and now MMA, all these high-level f- sports have been able to improve themselves through video. You know, hey, your left hand yeah. slaps the top of the water. Your right hand cuts the water where it's supposed to be. You know, so they learn. Like uh, Lance Armstrong learned that he could shave three seconds off of every mile by keeping his elbows tight into his body. Three seconds doesn't sound like that much, but there's a lot of miles in the Tour de France. And he didn't say, oh, I'll just keep him there because his, his muscle memory was to keep it out here. So he had to be consistently and constantly re- reminded yeah. and then constantly remind himself to keep it in here. And so those are the things that, that I, I want to help people change within themselves. And I, my school of dog psychology back in the day, they were required to say, I've got thousands of student foot, hours of student footage. And this was before technologies were matching so yeah. I, I, they had to send me a cd uh-huh. or dvd and so they could record it on the thing and you could buy a dvd recorder but the uh, uh, you know the little thing to, to yeah. record it onto a dvd but the cameras weren't up to speed with the recorder so it was hard and they did it they did it and uh and so by doing this i think i can really help people see yeah. It's the same thing to me going to you at your facility and watch and showing you what you're doing, but you get to see it again and again and again because I'll zoom that shit in, I'll slow motion it, I'll, I'll show you every. I I had a, a student come from Jersey after he'd gone through my program and he brought a, a seven minute uh, video, and three hours later we'd made it through about four minutes, and uh, there's just so much going on yeah. that. Uh, that you can't see with a naked eye, but you got, that's, that's why awareness can't be put on a shirt or a hat or sold. You have to have awareness. It, you have to develop that. Yeah. It's, you a, know? it's a skill yeah. set. Um, I heard that on it, a, it is. I heard that on a podcast uh, a couple of days ago. Um, where they were saying that, you know, sometimes people aren't, people aren't born with certain things unless you're, you know, a seven foot tall basketball player that, you know, you're born with that. But, you know, yeah. a lot of things that they're, they're taught over experience. And some people do have the innate uh, primalistic instincts to, to capitalize on that because they have it a little bit more than others. And um, so anyway, so that's, I think, I think that that's a good point. Um, okay. So I want to uh, ask you a couple other questions. I'd be interested to hear your feedback on. Um 
I get a lot of questions. Is this going to end up being uh, part one and part two? Are we going long? <laughs> you tell me. I just want to. I just want to. Uh, I know that we're going on a hour and change. I, I want to ask you probably one more question, and then we can we can probably. Uh, you can ask me as much as you want. If you got things to do. No, it's good. We I can, we can end it, but I have nothing to do. Okay. Yeah, I have a. I just have an online um, in a, in a little bit, but I want to. Sure. I want to go some, through some other stuff, but I can definitely see us doing this again. Uh, maybe doing this in person would be cool too. Uh, I, I really, I really enjoy and appreciate, and um, I'm grateful to be able to uh, get get your feedback from all the years of experience because um, somebody like yourself who has been doing this for as long as you have and living in kennels and you can't, like you said, you can't teach, you can't buy any of that. You can't teach any of that. You just have to put in the work. It's just hard, hard, hard work that a lot of people aren't willing to do. Um, and then in the dog industry, um, this was my question. Um, I get a lot of questions, uh, direct messages, emails, so on and so forth. One of my biggest questions is, and I want you to put your spin on it. Um, cause I'm sure it's going to be great. Um, people who, are wanting to get into the dog world, wanting to get into the dog industry, and they want to train. My 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 answer to them is usually to just tell them that dog training is a very 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 big, wide open thing. It's a very big platform, and I tell people that, especially when, like you said earlier in the beginning of, and I wrote it down in my notes, and it was a good thing you touched on about the difference between having a dog that needs behavior modification versus obedience training, but then going to a trainer because it says certified trainer on their thing and they go there and they're only an obedience trainer and you bring them a dog with behavioral issues and, and what, what that does to the dog and the owner's confidence and things like that and the outcome. But what would be your advice to people on wanting to get into the field? Because mine is, is usually find what your niche is, find what your, what do you want to do behavior, obedience, dock diving, uh, what, you know, trick training, there's so many different flavors, so many. So what would be your advice to people that want to get into the dog world? Well, when I just real quick, if you don't mind, sure. when I was teaching my school dog psychology, obviously every dog wanted to kill either a human or a dog or didn't want to be killed. So, uh, it was highly, in, it was an intense environment. And so my students saw, it was like an emergency room education and, uh, I would get from my, my students, I don't want to work with aggressive dogs. I'm like, right. you, you, don't, you don't have to. They're, you, you could say, I only want to be a dog walker for spotted dogs. And that's it. And you could get that. It might take you a year, but guess what? Everybody in the world's looking at you because you have 15 spotted dogs following you. Yeah. You, have, you have to find what it is that you want to do and commit to that and, and move forward in that. There's so many, so many areas of the dog world. You do not have to work with aggression. Right. And uh, I, I highly recommend finding out what it is that you want first, not what you don't want. Yeah. But it's very – the best thing for my students were, was that they got the, the war zone education. And the ones that got it right – and they didn't want to work with the aggression. They moved on properly. They had this high-level understanding of this makes what they want to do even a higher uh, yeah. skill. I had one one student uh, came to me. He was a uh, air traffic controller, supposed to be the calmest people in the world. I loved the, the idea that he wanted to work with dogs. He came in, and what he specializes in now is uh, uh, 
teaching dogs to smell bed bugs. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, uh, it's still dog psychology. Sure. But it's a different area. He got tired of being bitten. He wasn't meant for yeah. that. So and it's and it's it, it's dog training too. It's it's still it dog is dog training. training as well. You have to reinforce yeah. all of the things. So uh, one of the one of the things I'm starting to do now is use food just because learn practice master begin again. I got nothing else to do, and I I had to take in uh, a rescue puppy to rehabilitate for some pennies to to eat as well, mm-hmm. and uh, and so she's fun. She's teaching me some new stuff. Uh, what I suggest anybody getting into the dog world uh, doing is first learning what all is involved before you go and start a business. So many people are starting a business, filling the, and it's it's kind of a recession proof. We don't know if it's a COVID proof business, but it's it's pretty much been a recession proof type of business. Dogs and they get these businesses full. Full, 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 full businesses, and now they want to learn how to work with dogs, and they have no time to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I highly recommend taking the time. It's better to become what you want than to be it, because in there, that's where the yeah the passion is in in the becoming of it, and uh, and then learn every single thing you possibly can about that, well, even the bad stuff. You know, when, when I wanted to be a screenwriter, they said the best thing you could do is read a bunch of shitty screenplays so you know not how. Yeah. So you know how not to write. Yeah. And oh my God, I mean, you can see clear, <laughs> clear as day from a shitty one and a good one. So uh, when people want to start, I, I first thing I would do is is get a job with somebody who has a business. Yeah. Don't go start your own business first. That's another thing I learned in the restaurant business. The good managers were the ones that wanted their own restaurant, but they wanted to make their mistakes on someone else's dime. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, but then you run into it too, like people like you and me, we, we hire people and, because we need time to do other stuff. And so, but we have to double our time to teach these people. Yeah. And then once we get them taught, they want to go off and start their own thing, which is not the purpose of what we want. Yeah. I, say, I say stay with somebody for a good long time. If you don't like that person not working out for you, then go to another place, learn, practice, master, begin again. But I highly recommend you go into three different types of, of businesses before you ever start your own, you mm-hmm. know, because right now, all the people that I have been following around and working with, I mean, they've got all the bullet points and all the catchphrases, but they don't have what to do with it. Right. They have nothing. They don't know what to do with it. So it's not about even what you know. It's about what you can do yeah. with what you know. Yeah. And it's critical. Yeah. That's what, uh, I've, that's what I've been telling people is just find what you want to do, find the avenue. And first, just bring into light to them that dog training is, is so many different categories and flavors. And people don't realize that. And I think the biggest issue with that falls under, again, the dog owner looking for help with their dog because they'll find a like I said before, a trainer and they go there. And, and for me, you know, I tell people all the time, like I don't really do obedience. I know how to do it. I can do it. Um, but I, I don't, it's not my passion. It's not what fires me up. Yeah. Um, I don't get They're tricks. Yeah. They're tricks to me. Yeah. I don't get excited about it. Uh, I think it's important. I think it's great. It re- is. I think it's, I think it's great relationship based, uh, training styles. But for me, I want the dog that comes in that has worked with six or seven other trainers that has a bite history. That's what gives mm. me goosebumps. I have videos of yeah, me, me just too. 
the hair on my my arms stand up. I get so excited, and that's where I thrive. Um, so I, so that's the same advice I give to people: is just find out what your category is, and then go and work with somebody that's that's doing well in that category. And then one added thing that I would mm-hmm. say: while you're there, you can't help but listen to what whoever you're learning from and what they're saying. I go way out of my way to make sure that they're not hearing what the human has to do to the dog, but that they understand what the dog is hearing, seeing, feeling. And it's a completely different thing than what you're projecting as a human to them. So if, if what you're expecting from the dog uh, isn't happening, mm-hmm. most likely the dog doesn't understand what you expect. So you're going to get suppression, yeah. you know, or you're going to get resistance and, and maybe bitten. But most things that I see out there are people, the dog is supposed to do what I say. And, you know, I don't, I want the dog to cooperate with me, but until you can understand how they perceive, yeah. process, yeah. filter, uh, and, and then uh, send back information, uh, that's why I was upset about the pressure and release because it's just a t- the tiniest part of the pressure matrix, which is how to communicate with because pressure is a common ground of understanding between all species all species yeah rattlesnake yeah the only reason why that rattle went is because he saw this big red heat flame coming toward him now as a human we hear that and we go what the yeah so auditory turns into instinctual pressure and we go away unless you're me auditory pressure turns into pressure curiosity he's like where's that snake at yeah, I gotta find that snake. Yeah, yeah, and then the snake bites me, and he says, "I didn't want to." And now I've got a whole new form of pressure. So uh, mounting, and so I I teach these dogs a baseline yeah. of how I'm going to communicate. I want them to learn what they can expect from me first. First, yeah. And once you understand what you can expect from me, now we can work on what I need you to understand and what I expect from you, because they don't have thumbs. They don't have the amygdala, right? We do. We're supposed to go down to their level of understanding. Yeah. But we just keep expecting them to come up to ours, and it's ridiculous. Yeah, two things Two things I want to add to that, interesting enough. Um, I always, like my last session yesterday, I, was, I, I, I try to tell people, I say, now, do yourself a favor and do your dog a favor by going to the point of view of the dog. And they're like, okay. And I say, no, really. Like, pretend you're a GoPro on your dog and really walk you through the process of what you're doing. And this one particular client, uh, leash reactivity stuff, uh, not aggression, reactivity. Uh, so Big difference. Yeah, huge. And I, and I was telling her, I said, now let's go through the process. I said, you're, you, you, you look at your dog. You ask them if they want to go for a WALK. They get excited. They get stimulated. They're aroused. Um, you know, they're jumping up and down. They're already peaking. You grab the leash. They get more excited. You know, they're get, this is getting closer and closer. You open Anticipation. Up, right. You open up that threshold of the door. And I tell people that's like breaking into the new world in Mortal Kombat. It's just like a whole new thing. Uh, to you, it's a door frame in your hallway, but to them, it's huge. And same thing when they go outside. And then you're out and you have no control and you're sending an email and your dog is sniffing and overstimulated and all this stuff is going on and you have no connection and they see another dog and then they become very frustrated and there's everything just spikes to the roof and you're just about ready to send that email. And then So I, I tell them to walk through that actual process of what their dog is actually going through. 
Well, you can take that further because while you're trying to send that email, the dog reacts and then pulls the phone out. Now you're reacting to the dog's reaction to another dog because you're not there. Right, and then you're to, mar- to guide the whole thing. And then you're you're basically marking to the dog that other dogs are bad because your reaction is bad when your dog sees. So it's a chain That's reaction. Right. Yeah. You attack me when there's dogs here. Yeah, yeah, there. Yeah, and then the other thing I was gonna say is about the rattlesnake thing. I tell people, you know, uh, we get the email or, or the the client that comes in and says, my dog's growling at the other dog or growling at, you know, my whatever, the kids or whatever. And I say, well, you just have to understand that um, I, you got to respect the growl. You have to, and I tell and I tell people all the time, I said, imagine if a rattlesnake didn't rattle. It, every, mm-hmm. it, a lot more people. Then you'd would, have a copperhead. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Being in Arizona, I'm sure you 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 probably know your snakes better than I do, but I mean, just I tell people that all the time that 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 auditory, uh, ver- the, even like the verbiage of just an animal just saying like whoa 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 whoa, and then if you disrespect yeah, it's an that auditory form of pressure, yeah, yeah, exactly, and 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 that's what I tell people. I said it, that's a very uh, clear c- communication, very uh, respectful way for a dog to say, um, hey, whatever is going on right now, I'm very uncomfortable with, and the next step may be a bite or whatever. So anyway, it's interesting. Well, no one's listening to me. Right. And so I have to change the, uh, I have to change the subject. So I tried to say something, or I tried to show you something. That didn't work. So I tried to say something. That didn't work. So now I have to do something. Yeah. yeah. And that seemed to work. Yeah. If the dog doesn't understand that it uh, is yeah. a problem yeah. that for him – it worked. The kid was grabbed and moved away. Thank God. So why would I say anything or show anything next time? I'm just going straight to yeah. doing. Yeah, that, that's so what we gets, teach them. Yeah, that's what gets, <laughs> that's what gets me the best reaction the fastest. So I'm just going to do that from now on. Why not? Yeah. Right? They, they're all about uh, um, brevity, efficiency. Yeah, sure. Yep. All right, man. Uh, yeah, I'm going to get ready for my next session, but I feel like this conversation can go on uh, a lot. We longer. can do this anytime, man. I, I enjoy this. Uh, if you don't mind me plugging my, my yeah. thing, I'll throw out a, a website. Yeah tell, people, right. yeah, tell people where they can find it, you and anything else. Right now on Instagram, Facebook, uh, at Lynn Boke, L-I-N-N-B-O-Y-K-E. Uh, I'm doing the 10 Rules to Live By Educational Interactive Challenge. I know it's a long title. like It's a long one. But what I'm doing is I'm uh, giving the rules. Uh, just check it out. Go back to <laughs> Superman's Kryptonite. That's where I talk about why I'm giving this away and, and how the challenge is going. I'm, I'm giving people something to do during this time. And there's homework, and then there's going to be a deeper education. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Uh, more, more, more. So the, uh, you can also reach out if you're curious about the uh, online work, the uh, video education, the site at Contact First List. Ow, interruption from Trixie. Contact First List at gmail.com and uh, get on that list. Uh, check me out. Um, this is fun for, for me right now. I don't normally get into the social media much, uh, but I'm actually enjoying this time right now. And, and there's, I, I'm actually shocked at how many people are involved. I mean, I'm specific. I don't want anything in the feed because I don't want it to uh, influence other people's answers. So I have them sending me an email, and they are. They're sending me emails rather than just take doing yeah. it right there. It's, it's, it's cool. great. Um, I'm having a good time. That's awesome. And then, uh, yeah, check it out if you guys are interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. School of Dog Psychology also, if you want to email me per, uh, specifically, schoolofdogpsychology at gmail.com. 
Awesome. I'll link all that stuff in the description too for oh, for people listening. Yeah, technology. Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. link it in so they so they uh so they can write it down and um well then I appreciate you coming on, man. You're an uh fantastic teacher. Uh that's I mean, you can tell that right away. Uh you're you're a great teacher and I'm sure you would be good at teaching anything because of your teaching abilities and I appreciate you hopping on and we can do this again. Uh, I hope to meet you in person someday and uh do some do some work together. That would be awesome. Let's do it. I got some uh, experimental ideas, I think, that, that might help change the dog. I was mentioning that to you uh, yeah. on text so that I don't want to share with just everybody. But I've yeah. got some uh, interesting ideas that I think might shape be awesome. new things in the, in the dog world. And I, I think uh, somebody like you might be better than just me trying to do it. Yeah, man. I, would, so. I, I appreciate that. I'm very grateful for that. I, I appreciate that. All right, we'll, we'll pick up on this another time. I appreciate it, man. Have a good day. Stay safe. You too. Have a great day and enjoy whatever it is. Everything, every single thing you're doing. I don't care if it's washing your hands and going, man, my hands are really dry. <laughs> That's Just be aware of it. Just be in that second. Yeah. All right, buddy. All right, see Thanks you, for having me on, by the way. You're I welcome. really appreciate you reaching out. Yeah. It means a lot. Thank you, man. Bye-bye. All right. Take care. Bye. All right, guys, that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I know I did. What a fantastic conversation. Uh, I learned a lot. Uh, like I said, Lynn's a fantastic teacher. I'm grateful to be able to sit down with somebody with that much experience and learn from and, and just have a conversation with. So thank you, Lynn, for hopping on here. Uh, if you guys haven't yet, you can follow Lynn. All of his information will be in the description below. Uh, and thank you to my friends over at Dogcha for sponsoring this podcast today. So thank you guys for listening. If you haven't yet, follow me on Instagram at Tom Davis or my business at Upstate Canine Academy as well as on YouTube, Upstate Canine Academy. And we will see you guys next time. Thank you so much. Peace.